Support for this podcast comes from Canva. When you look good, you feel good. But when your presentations look great, it can feel like you're walking on a cloud. You can design stunning work presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos with Canva. Start with a designer-made template. Use it as a springboard for your design. Add images, graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back for a special episode of the Pop G Pod. You're welcome. In today's episode, we're sharing our interview with Meredith Copet-Levian, the president and CEO of the New York Times, which took place at Pivot Miami this past week. Meredith and I discussed how the Times has managed to stay relevant and shown demonstrated incredible agility and its ability to uh, reinvent itself really well, and also what new spaces it's looking to enter that will occupy our daily lives. So with that, enjoy our interview with Meredith Copet-Levian, the president and CEO of the New York Times. Sarah Palin. <laughs> Discuss. Let me, I'll get to that. Let me just say thank you for having me. It's good to be Thanks here. Thanks for being here. Um, I get to be colleagues with Kara. And what a thrill. What a thrill. <laughs> but we'll come to that, I'm sure. Um, listen, um, it's a good day. It's a good day for the free press. I think it's a good day for journalism in case you have not seen or you don't get news alerts. I think we alerted it. So um, suit dismiss, just provide some context. Basically, uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit complicated. A judge ruled yesterday and a jury ruled today yeah. um, that um, essentially that the law is clear, um, that, that journalists um, should be able to, to own and correct their mistakes. Yep. Um, and, and essentially what they ruled is that libel suits by public figures, um, you know, they, they upheld a precedent that libel suits by public figures you know, shouldn't be used to intimidate journalists, and the bar is very high mm -hmm. for for proving malice. It's, so, it's good day. The bar, bar. Yeah, the the bar is higher to be proved of uh, spreading COVID through New York recklessly. But anyways, um, <laughs> little inside Palin uh, info. So it brings up an interesting issue, and that is, so an article came out that loosely or not so loosely connected Sarah Palin with shootings in Arizona. It was corrected or fact-checked or corrected. And then she said that, was it defamation or slander? What was her, or both? Libel. Libel, excuse me. Meanwhile, what she incurs, if you will, every day on Twitter and Facebook is exponentially, I would argue, more damaging or less fact-checked. Do you, <laughs> do you see a need and this kind of goes into a rabbit hole of 2.30, but is there a need to close the gap? If, if, if places with actual newsrooms are spending all their resources, and this is resource heavy, even just to get this dismissed, 
But how do we have newsrooms and how do we have journalists who my understanding is have been cut in half the last 30 years if we have one set of media that you don't even try and file a suit and then we have another set of media that can be, I mean, if enough small newspapers get these cases from politicians, oh, yeah. they're gonna go out of business. Yep. So what is your view on, um, uh, in terms of what we should be doing to close that gap or should we, is it, is it a lost cause? Yeah, um, I don't think it's a lost cause. I think it is um, one of the most pressing issues, I would say sort of polarization in society and trust mm -hmm. generally in, in institutional media mm -hmm. is, is related, but, but also one of the most, most pressing issues. Um, Look, I think, I think this is where you're going. I think the internet has failed us as a society in a lot of ways um, around information that gets you to, to understanding or to engage in a productive and, and fruitful way mm -hmm. with the world. And I think in the wake of that, I think we started to see that like as a society probably in 2016. And I think we've been seeing more and more of that. Mm -hmm. And I think... You know, I think it's a moment for brands. I think it's a moment for for institutions that can sort of uphold the requirements of a relationship mm -hmm. with with individuals and and with a society to to help them get on the journey to truth. And I, I think you're you're making a really big point, which is the way newsrooms are run is all about that. Mm -hmm. And the way publishers are run mm -hmm. is all about that. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, or I don't believe that's what what platforms do. I think they make software to sort of, you know, get for anyone to be able to publish content. Mm -hmm. It's just a totally different thing. I like the idea. I feel it's hopeful. My sense of kind of these iconic legacy print companies that really invest in their newsrooms, either get bought by a billionaire Democrat or slowly go out of business. And that we're, the New York Times right now is one, it's kind of a unicorn in the sense that it's, it's building a, what feels like a good business. Or, um, I mean, how's, it depends how you look at it. It, it. The stock is up 15X since its lows in 2009, but it was higher in 2004. I mean, the whole, the whole space has just gotten the crap beaten out of it, right? And what do you, do you see people I mean, it just, it doesn't feel, there's, there's all these little startups, but if you were going into journalism or if your daughter or son were thinking about journalism, if they didn't have a burning passion for it and they were just looking at it from a business perspective, do you think, you know, do you see new models? Do you see new ways? We have some people here from Substack, but I would argue, I see top 1% getting 90%. Is the business... We're, is the business having a renaissance or is it just going to continue this kind of slow burn with a few few notable players hanging in there? So you're, 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 there's so much in what, what you I just apologize. asked. No, 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 that, that's good. Let, let, me, let me say a few things. You're asking about the times um, and kind of where we are in our journey. And mm -hmm. you're also asking about the, the industry writ large. And, and I'll say, um, as it relates to the times, I think the single biggest reason the Times is where it is today. And, mm -hmm. and I'll just say, we, we reported earnings last week or the week before, yep. I'm losing all, all sense of time. But we, we crossed the um, two billion mark in, yep. in revenue for the first time, I think since, um, since 2012, so in, in many, many years. So mm -hmm. to your point, um, 
you know, the, the company, it's hard to argue that the company isn't thriving. Mm -hmm. The thing that has made the company thrive over everything else, like on a, you know, reasons one through 10, why is the Times doing well? Reasons one through seven mm -hmm. are because the first dollar in the place goes to the journalism. It goes mm -hmm. to the, the sort of differential value of the work. And I, I just, I think that's the thing that has, has to be solved. And I do think, um, I, I think subscriptions as a business model for journalism mm -hmm. um, is, it, it just makes more sense than advertising as the only model. It's a more direct reflection of the value that you're giving to people. I mean, you've, mm -hmm. you've talked so much about subscription, but it, 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 I think it works. And I don't think the Times is the only place it can work. I, I was just, I think the next speaker coming up mm -hmm. is the founder of Puck. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, if you have a niche and you can actually make something that is differentially valuable mm -hmm. against a sea of less expensive or free, we're still competing with free a lot, mm -hmm. alternatives, I think you can have a business. And by the way, I would say that in any space mm -hmm. beyond journalism, we have a recipe app mm -hmm. that has more than a million subscriptions. Mm -hmm. Most of what's out there in, in the recipe market is free. Right, and there, there's some sort of paid sites ascending, but a lot of what's out there is free. And yet, we have one of the largest audiences for recipes, and we we have more than a million subscriptions because the quality of the recipes is really good. So I, I think that's just a, a you know, if your product is awesome and differentially valuable, and people can't get it somewhere else, they're going to buy it from you. So I, I, I think that's what's happening, and I, I certainly think that's what's happening at the Times. I don't think the Times is the only player that can succeed. So you talked about subscriptions. You set a goal of hitting, I think, 10 million subscribers by 2025, and you passed it with the acquisition of The Athletic. It feels like you've gone from one-third of revenue, or two-thirds of revenue was advertising just 10, 15 years ago. Now it's, I think, less than a quarter. Yeah. So it, it's fairly clear that you're moving, and I think deftly, to a subscription model. What are the other opportunities for subscription? If you look out there and think, this category, I, I would have never thought of the times in sports. I remember being in the page one meeting where they pitched stories and the sports guy would pitch a story and everyone else would just roll their eyes and like, you know, look, <laughs> look at the ground. What, what, where do you think the New York Times has credibility to get into other subscription types of services? Yeah, um, great, great and, and timely question. Let me say that the shortest way um, I can describe the strategy we've been running for years now, like half a dozen years, is five words. We make journalism worth paying for. Mm -hmm. and, and we've just begun to sort of say to the world that the next phase of that strategy, which is still grounded in those, mm -hmm. those five words, I guess now journalism and like other great stuff worth, mm -hmm. worth paying for, um, is we now aim to be the essential subscription for everyone in the English-speaking world, for now at mm -hmm. least, who wants to, to understand and engage mm -hmm. with the world. And so we, you know, we're, we're going to do that in three ways. We, mm -hmm. It's our intention to. We need to continue to lead in news. We should talk about that. I want to say I've actually been asked by a number of people here mm -hmm. today, like, does this mean you care less about news? I want to say hardcore accountability journalism and news more broadly and the sort of core report of the New York Times 
is still the main idea of the place. I think it's always going to be the main idea of the place. It's always going to be the biggest driver, I believe, of, of our business. It, it's why, you know, something like 50 million people on average come to us every week. So news, um, continuing to lead in that is a huge part of what we're doing. The second thing, though, to your point is we are saying, what are the other spaces within the kind of brand permission set of the New York mm -hmm. Times where... Um, you know, that the space itself occupies a big place in the lives of curious people and we can build a daily habit. So we've already done it, you know, as of before we bought The Athletic, we had a million subscriptions to cooking. Mm -hmm. We had a million subscriptions to, to games. We started mm -hmm. in crossword puzzles. We added Spelling Bee. Mm -hmm. We talked about Wordle if you want. But, but we, we had that adding The Athletic was about adding you know, entree into a giant space. Like sports is such a big space mm -hmm. where people have a daily habit following the teams and the leagues that they love. And, and we think we can make it sort of bigger and better. And the idea is lead a news, build leadership in these other spaces, put it together in a way where we become, you know, essential to the daily lives of millions and millions more people. I'm on board. So what categories do you think the New York Times would add additional... Like, I'll give an example. Why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you start charging 2,500 bucks a year for deal book? I am happy to charge you 2,500 bucks. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I, I, Jim Bankoff and I were just chatting mm -hmm. about sort of live events on the way mm -hmm. in and I was saying, you know, this is awesome. Deal book has an awesome live event. You know, if you, there are things we do mm -hmm. where there are sort of high priced um, you know, tickets to go participate in something that's that's more than the mm -hmm. the content um, subscription itself. But but let me let me answer your real question, which is I've I've been asked this a few times today. Mm -hmm. What might you buy next? What other mm -hmm. spaces? Um, I don't rule out that there are other spaces that the time should be in. But for mm -hmm. the the strategy that I've just described, be, becoming that essential subscription for millions more people. We've got a lot of value mm -hmm. to, to sort of work with already today, even in the core news report. Just like within, think about what that core news report does in terms of culture and lifestyle mm -hmm. before you get to the other products. So our, we are deeply focused right now on how do we unlock that value mm -hmm. to go after a really big market. I want to correct one thing you said. Mm -hmm. We... we um, we achieved, we, we set a goal in, in 2019 that we would get to 10 million subscriptions, not subscribers, um, by 2025. We were, you know, in any scenario, we were running well ahead of that. Well, so multiples from one person. That's right. Okay, That's right. Thank so, you. and we actually, we, we had an earnings call where we like just gave everybody the calculus. So, mm -hmm. and then we said, now we're setting a target because you imagine we expect many people, part of our penetration strategy mm -hmm. is people are going to buy news and other things. And we, our research tells us there are a lot of people who, who would be willing to pay for, for more than, um, than news from the times, but the, the, the individual subscriber, I think is just a better way for people to track our progress. So we said we got to 10 million subscriptions much earlier than we expected. We would have done it anyway. We believe without the athletic, the athletic helped us get there even mm -hmm. faster. And now the target is 15 million subscribers, which if we expressed in the same calculation of subscriptions mm -hmm. would be a substantially higher number. So I, I appreciate you fact-checking me real time. <laughs> I generally do. The, the, but I use it as a segue to a question, and that is when you're in a pandemic and topics related to healthcare or vaccine efficacy take on just a new level of gravity, yeah. 
And then, and obviously there's this huge controversy or a lot of attention being paid around what obligation does Spotify have to um, checking or fact-checking vaccine misinformation. At the same time, recognizing that the dissenter's voice, what might feel misinformation-ish at that time, things change. How do you balance or do you just, do you have the same approach around everything or are there certain issues that kind of bubble up and say, we've got to devote additional resources to this in terms of fact checking. How do you balance, and I realize this is the other side of the house, I'm not speaking to AG, I'm speaking to you, but it feels as if in a time like this, there's just a different, there are different topics that require additional scrutiny. Yeah. Any thoughts on what's going on with Spotify and how, if yeah. and how it's changed the way you approach it? So I think there are two good questions in there. Let me go first to like, what do you do about like a really big story that you mm -hmm. didn't know was coming? I mean. You know, I think if you had asked us in 2019, what are the big stories, we would have said it's, you know, it's it's climate, it's, mm -hmm. you know, polarization and populism and, and politics, and it's sort of tech changing everything. I don't think it was on, you know, the average person at the New York Times radar screen mm -hmm. that it would be, you know, a destructive global pandemic that would be, you know, bring, bring tragedy on, on the, you know, horrible scale we've seen. The, the, I think the reason the Times has, has I think, been a dominant um, journalistic player on that story, a really important journalistic player on that story. Mm -hmm. there, there was a period at the peak of the pandemic when something like every other adult American was coming to the New York Times. And um, a big reason for that, and still one of the most, the most um, trafficked pages on the Times, is we built this COVID case tracking database yeah which just crossed a billion views. But like that goes to your question, that, that, that mm -hmm. answers your question, I think, in two ways. One, I think for a news organization to really be kind of of general interest, and we intend to be that, you have to be pretty lavishly staffed across mm -hmm. the breadth of human experience. And it turns out, you know, we had done extraordinary work on Ebola, and we had mm -hmm. these unbelievable people on our science desks who were the... Expert to experts to cover infectious diseases. So, like, I just you know, like, you kind of have to have that, right? And, and we, we can go anywhere you want from that, but you, you kind of have to have that. And so, I would say there's something about for a news organization just having the resources to be able to do that wherever the story goes. And then, just to very practically answer your question, yes, we do pour resources into when 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 the story goes somewhere else, we we do pour resources into it. When the administration changed in 2016, we poured resources in there. I think when the tech story got, you know, as big as it has gotten, we, we poured resources in there. And how do you fight the tension between clickbait and things that might seem antagonistic and result in more clicks? Enragement equals engagement equals more Nissan ads. How do you, yeah. do you have, do you ever just check back and say, everyone has to ask themselves, is this news versus noise? And you, you're responsible for hitting the bottom line. Is there always a tension, a healthy tension around money versus versus enragement, if you will? It's a really good question, and I love that expression. You're gonna have to repeat that. Enragement equals engagement equals car sales. I like that. Um, I, you know, I think before I came to the Times, I would have thought especially in an ad-driven world. My, my first job at the Times was running advertising. Mm -hmm. um, I would have thought there was a lot of tension around that. 
there really isn't. Like everybody kind of gets at the place that like it's the fact that the first dollar goes to the journalism that makes mm -hmm. the whole thing work. Um, I think the times, you know, we can sometimes have a reputation of moving slowly on things. You and I were just chatting about a colleague, a very important colleague of mine, who I said is incredibly thoughtful and deliberate. It's deliberate place. Mm -hmm. And when you're dealing with kind of truth and speaking truth to power and accountability, mm -hmm. like you have to kind of move mm -hmm. deliberately. So, so how do we deal with that? What does that look like? We have a very large and sort of growing standards department. Mm -hmm. um, I, I bet all of the high quality journalism organizations have that. Um, ours is very significant and we're, we're regularly saying, what else do we need to add to this? And like, you'd be one of the things that has been incredibly interesting to me is the things that require standards. So if you imagine mm -hmm. the whole supply chain of journalism from like how something goes from an idea in an editor's head to what we tweet when the story gets published, mm -hmm. there's like standards for all of that. And there is a team of, you know, highly experienced journalists whose job is to say, are we doing that right the whole way through? through. We don't get it right every day. Mm -hmm. We certainly don't. Are we correcting mistakes <laughs> swiftly just to, to go back to Palin? That's mm -hmm. that's what happened there. Um, but but that that's a, a one of the control mechanisms for the mm -hmm. thing you're describing. So I'll, and I'll just say, very candidly, I don't feel the tension mm -hmm. um, of you know can we deliver? I mean, there, there are moments where you say like, gosh, I could we 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 could grow revenue even faster, or we mm -hmm. could grow the bottom line even faster. But you just can't sort of be on the business side of the New York Times and not believe. It's the differential quality of the work that actually makes the business grow. We'll be right back. When your work presentations and docs look good, you look good. You can design stunning work presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos with Canva. You can start with a designer-made template, then use that as a springboard for your design. Add images, graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Or get a huge head start with AI-powered Canva presentations and docs. Just describe what you want with a few words and Canva will generate amazing slides and text in seconds. It's AI that anybody can use, no matter what department you work in or whatever work task you need to get done. Look, we all need to visually communicate at work. Canva makes it easy to get your point across while looking professional. And at the end of it all, that stunning Canva presentation is going to make you look good. Wow any audience and finish your work faster. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. Click, click, click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. We talked about business model and the move to subscription, which seems to be slow and steady and really robust. What about when you think of mediums? So from print to digital, uh, some, some flashes of brilliance in podcasting, um, um, the daily, I think you have some others. I haven't really listened to any of them. But, uh, <laughs> and then, 
But when you think about other mediums, it seems like most. I'm swaying. There you go. What, what does this word sway? Um, anyways, she abandoned me. Um, when you think about other mediums where the times, it feels like the most successful media companies are going to be multi-channel and across different mediums. When you look at a medium, whether it's TV, ad supported TV, streaming media, licensing great stories to other film production companies, more doubling down on more podcasts, events, which can be profitable, so they tell me. What, um, like what, when you think about, okay, over the next 10 years, cruel true the capitalism is you have finite resources, right? You have to manage that. Yeah, yeah. Which mediums do you are gonna overinvest in, underinvest, new mediums at times traditionally hasn't been in, mediums? So those are, are all good, good questions. And we do think about that. I would say, I'll say a few things in no particular order. I think data journalism and sort of visual, um, visual journal, multimedia data and visual journalism is a, is a place um, where the Times has yeah, differentiated yeah. itself. And I, and I think we're like at the beginning of the ways that can be applied to get people to, um, you know, to, to be able to seek the truth and understand the world. So I, mm -hmm. I think we're just at the beginning of that. That is one of those places where it's like, you can't sort of pour resources in, in fast enough. And there's just so much more that can be, be covered in a way that makes people kind of engage when they other, otherwise might not. Like that's, that's the, particularly in like big weighty, hard topics about, mm -hmm. you know, any, any number of things. So that, that's one. I think we're at the beginning um, of audio. I think we're at the beginning of it at the times. I think we're at the beginning of it in the world. I think the use case for audio is like so big. Everyone should listen to Sway. Um, you and and the other podcasts we mm -hmm. we make at the Times, and they've all really. What's the fastest growing podcast brought to you by the New York Times? I I would say um, the Daily still has a really really strong audience, mm -hmm. and even though it has some natural kind of mm -hmm. ebbing and flowing, it's pretty amazing how it's held up in a moment mm -hmm. when the news cycle really changed. Mm -hmm. And and we're you know so we're excited about that. We're excited about Kara's show excited about the Ezra Klein show. I, I could go on and on. And I'll just, I'll say we we also have, you know, we're testing a lot of things mm -hmm. in audio. There, there's a fair amount of just like creative energy that has to go into innovation. It's not all going to work. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about being at the Times is we, we put resources into that stuff. So we also are sort of wondering, you know, we how big will read aloud audio be? Mm -hmm. we, we bought a tiny little um, app called Autumn, which has mm -hmm. read aloud long form journalism. And we, we've got a, a live beta now. Um, it's closed beta, but an experiment out in the wild. Some of you are probably um, on it to say, can we combine sort of podcasting and read aloud audio and things that aren't full program? So I, I think audio um, is is going to be, be quite big. And then I would just say, I want to um, talk for a minute about video. I, mm -hmm. I think you know, the Times couldn't be what the Times is now um, as a report on the world without having video be a lot more of what we do. But it didn't, you know, if you'd asked me eight years ago when I got there how it would go, it's not gone, as I, I would have said. Like, the places we've, we've really differentiated ourselves. We have an incredible forensic video team that does investigations. They, like, mm -hmm. look at how a bomb fell in Syria and help the world understand 
whose bomb was it and how did that that happen? So I just I think I think there are a number of areas. Sorry, that was a long answer. That's right. So granted, hindsight's twenty twenty. You weren't at the company uh, when this happened, but did the New York Times and Condé Nast and the FT? Didn't we all just wasn't the stupidest thing we could have done was to let Google crawl your data or our data? Shouldn't we have? If we could go back in a time machine, wouldn't we say Google, Facebook, none of you can get near our data and debase it the way they have? Isn't that, wasn't that the original sin of content was to let these crawlers come in? From where we stand now, yeah. looking back, um, certainly looks problematic. Um, what, what I'll say is, you know, how, and what, that was what, like, 18 years ago, 19 years ago, ago. Yeah, I, right. you know, maybe 15, if, if you say when Google was founded, maybe 15 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, now, I would say, to your point, we are sure mm -hmm. that we need to be a destination. We need to be something people ask for by name that they actually go to. We need to control as much as is humanly possible our own data. And most importantly, we need a direct relationship with the consumer. Mm -hmm. So were those decisions made then in service to what we now know? Absolutely not. Um, I will say, though, now, like once you get to a place where you're doing that, and I'll, I'll say our, our digital ad business um, has really had a nice comeback mm -hmm. um, in, in, in certainly last year. And, and we think there, there are aspects of it that will really sustain first-party data, mm -hmm. you know, brands wanting to work with another brand that people ask for by name, that that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So um, that's that's all sort of, that, that's the business we're building. But Google plays a role in our subscription funnel, an important role. And, and I'd be, you know, let's, I don't want to pretend that they aren't such a, an important firmament of the internet mm -hmm. that um, having people be able to search and then land on a New York Times page isn't really important to us. So it's, it's, you know, it's hard to know looking back in time. So we're going to open it up to questions. Just one last question. Uh, Ten-year-old? Yes. All right. Justice, so, he renamed himself JJ. JJ. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So any thoughts? A lot of people, I think that kind of the struggle that almost or most of us in the room face about trying to balance um, being successful and relevant professionally, which just requires a certain level of commitment. Um, I would say there is no balance, there's just trade-offs. Any advice to people? 10 is just such, I've described that as a goal. Like eight to 12 is just magic. Uh, but at the same time, trying to stay relevant professionally, uh, which you've achieved. Any just like top line thoughts or myths you want to dispel around, you know, managing that professional relevance and trying to maintain, you know, a, a, that, that, that nice relationship with your kid? I'm so glad you asked me that. Let me, I'm going to say something really unpopular. Mm -hmm. I think you just have to be really, I have had to be extremely intentional mm -hmm. about wanting to raise a happy, well-adjusted kid mm -hmm. who wants to spend time with me and who I want to spend time with. And even if that first, that first thing is going to go away, mm -hmm. that's like not a requirement, but you know, I don't want to look back. I have one kid. I fought really hard to have him. I don't want to, I don't want to look back in my life. Mm -hmm. and feel like I missed his childhood. So what have I done? You know, I've got a big job that spills over into lots of parts of my life. I've limited, you know, I, I don't do very much besides really actively parent. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and run the New York Times. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I've really- well, Get your act together, seriously. You no, know, I just, I, I haven't, you know, I just want to say I got up- That's it, morning. huh? That's, That's like it. all I do. I got up this morning, I will say, I got up and I went running and I wasn't, like I said this to somebody earlier today, I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm gonna, he's gonna miss the bus if I don't get back and I should stop and then at the, I like went on a whole run. Meredith, thank you very much. Lots of fun. Good to see everyone. Our producers are Caroline Shagrin and Drew Burrows. Claire Miller is our assistant producer. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Prop G Pod from the Vox Media Podcast Network. If you like what you heard, please follow, download, and subscribe. We'll catch you next week on Thursday. Thanks to Canva for their support. You're busy, there's no denying that, and we all wish for just a little more time in the day. So why not let Canva help you get your work done faster and more efficiently? You can get started with their AI-powered presentations. Just describe what you want with a few words and Canva will generate amazing slides in seconds. It's AI that anybody can use, no matter what department you work in or whatever task you need to get done. Finish your deck faster. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.